College can be expensive, but saving now can help your students save later. Give your child's college savings a boost by registering for a chance at one of 25 $1,000 savings plan deposits for 6th through 12th graders. Sign up today at iowastudentloan.org slash register. Look for the Save Now, Save Later giveaway under the scholarships page. Log on and register today. That's iowastudentloan.org. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. You're listening to Mile High Insiders with Nick Kendall and Luke Patterson. Head on over to milehighhuddle.com for all things Broncos. Now, it's time to find out what's going on behind the walls of UC Health Training Center. All right, welcome in, welcome in. It is Wednesday, July 6th. It is 6.04 p.m. Mountain Time. And that means it's time for an episode of Mile High Insiders. I am Nick Kendall and joined by, as always, Luke Patterson. Luke, how you doing? Good to see you. Thanks for uh, holding down the fort last week while I dealt with the uh, the Rona, the sick little bug, as uh, Carl's daughter likes to call it. Yeah, man. Welcome back. Welcome back to MHI Wednesday nights. It was felt weird seeing you last night and with Carl because I'd been yeah. getting in the groove of doing Tuesdays and Wednesdays and thought yeah. maybe it'd be an MHI takeover just nonstop. <laughs> but that's the cool thing about us, right? We're able to be interchangeable. We never leave each other hanging. So I'm doing exceptional, man. Had a great Independence Day, 4th of July with my family and everyone is safe, happy and the talk around Denver is no longer about the Avs, their parade, Nico Ranton getting, you know, pretended to be a kid or cops thought he was a kid, whatever that was. That's over. Everyone's like, when are we going to talk Broncos? When are we going to when is training camp? All of the energy, all of the attention has gone away from hockey and right on to the Denver Broncos. Yeah, I mean, rightfully so. The football is king and it's, you know, Denver isn't the ex- exception there. But uh, we're really excited to see what the Broncos can do this year and the hype is, uh, and the you know, just the buzz is rightfully founded. Um, this team actually is a, a place and a chance to actually make some noise this year, not just you know, based on uh, hopes and dreams and thoughts and prayers like uh, the post Peyton Manning era has been in Denver. Uh, so excited about that. And, and July, you know, it's probably the slowest time of year, um, for football, but uh, still a lot of fun, different content that we can talk about here and uh, things really breaking down this Broncos roster. So let's say hello to, hello to some people in the chat first before we really get into the the meat and potatoes of today's episode. And uh, always a shout out to the chat. You guys really dictate and uh, lead the show. We're just kind of out here babbling, having a good time. Um, but really, it's about you guys in the comment section. So first, Dylan Von Ark's coming in saying, Sup, Broncos country. Sup, Dylan. How you doing? Uh, make sure you guys hit that like button on the way in and subscribe if you haven't already. Yeah, like button, heart. Let's see who's already hit the like button and the uh, other reactions over on Facebook. We got Phil McLaughlin, always, of course, over on Facebook with a like. Albert Knoppers, Gary Leeds Palmer, the Notorious GLP, and George Fox is in the house. Also, we got <laughs> Jeremy Bales in the house, of course. Uh, we got a love from Jason O'Neill and Scott with the care, care emoji. Thank you so much, Scott. Um, we also have Diamond Rattlers in the house. Good to see you. Boom, yeah, one of our one of our early birds. Diamond Rattler was one of our, our first waiting for MHI to start. You know, of course, Dylan was in the show making sure yeah. everything was good behind the scenes. And then Dale Fleming, another good friend of the show, was in there right after Diamond Rattler. And then Chase, our guy Chase Wellner, also joining MHI. It's good to get the boys back together, get the band back together. It's Wednesday night, 6 p.m. Mountain is when you can catch Nick Kendall, Scott and I, MHI, and Dale Fleming saying, what's up? 
evening, Nick, Luke, Scott, Dylan, and Broncos country. What's going on, Dale? Thank you for tuning in. Yeah, absolutely. We also got Chase, as you mentioned, here we go, MHI. And also this guy, this one looks familiar, Chad Jensen um, with the uh, the rock on there. So yeah. uh, good to see you, boss, man. Hope you're doing well. Uh, Mike S is in the house, too, with uh, his Bama logo, as always. Man, we're heading towards a uh, Big Ten SEC, you know, the only conferences uh, that matter in football. So uh, we'll see how we're doing. I got a little bit more rivalry here um, with uh, Alabama because I'm definitely a Big Ten guy. Uh, but Mike S saying, what's up, Broncos country? Good to see you. Albert Knoppers gave you a shout out earlier saying that uh, the Panthers Panthers have a new quarterback. What do you think, man? Uh, Baker mm. Mayfield to the Panthers for a fifth round pick. And I think the Panthers are, are the Browns are eating like 14 million or something, 10 wow. to 14 million. I didn't as well. know that. I didn't know the specifics of it. Wow. What a, what a great deal for Carolina. And yeah. if you want to know what I thought about it, you can go to my Twitter at Luke Patterson LP. I can't believe the Seahawks are so stupid. Uh, that's yeah. what I think about it. I mean, they're about to experience that lame duck quarterback competition that Denver's gone through for what, five or six years. I mean, it's nothing to scoff at. I get it's a copycat league. But at the same time, you could have had this guy who I'm not saying is the option, but or the answer, but he would have at least been an option. And it's really hard for me to look at Seattle and just think, man, they're going in the right direction. Um, either you're getting better, or you're getting worse. And I think Seattle got a little worse today. And it's funny, Nick, because the Seahawks are trending on Twitter right now, not the Browns. The Seahawks and not the Panthers, the Seahawks, who had nothing to do with this trade and everything to do with this trade with Baker Mayfield. I mean, are the Seahawks dumb or are they, you know, playing 3D, 4D chess where it's like, listen, if we get Baker Mayfield, maybe we get two more wins and that drops us from a top five pick to a top 10 pick. And we have two first round picks this year. Maybe, you know, pairing pick number five with pick. 32 that the Broncos have. Let's just call it 28 just for fun. Um, but, uh, and then you put those together, maybe that gets you up to number one or two um, to get that quarterback to move on from uh, Geno Smith slash Drew Locke. So what uh, if, knows? what if uh, in another option, what if they're going to go all in on Jimmy G or something like that? I mean, you do, you're mentioning something that makes a lot of sense. They have capital. That's yep. one thing they have a lot of is draft capital. Yep. And, you know, I'm not saying every franchise manager, team, coach, what have you is going to be F them picks. But, man, it's they're going to be living in a world of suck, like Emmanuel Sanders said well, a little bit back. And it's tough, man. It's tough to see it. I was surprised. It's taken a long time. Uh, but, yeah, kind of like Scott's saying here, it kind of kills the no one wants Baker Mayfield narrative. I completely agree with that. Uh, it took a while. And the Panthers needed to be patient, which they were. But, I mean, they did not give up a lot, Nick. No, they didn't. And, uh, I mean, kind of uh, funny looking back on that 2018 class that we debated so much that uh, really um, Josh Allen and Lamar Jackson, probably the least limelight of the quarterbacks in that class, um, ended up being far and away the best one. So uh, kind of funny to look at that in hindsight. And, you know, there's no guarantees. Uh, we talked a lot about the 2021 draft class as well. Uh, you know, with uh, Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields, Trey Lance, first uh, some of the first quarterbacks off the board, Zach Wilson. Uh, they haven't seen much yet um, from those guys. So who knows? You know, there's a lot of a uh, lot of randomness when it comes to the NFL draft. And we got Gary Leeds Palmer coming in here with the support. I'm sure the notorious GLP says hi, Nick and Luke and Scott. I don't see any slack and in interest uh, in the Broncos. Nice. Um, yeah, obviously interest is sky high in the Broncos. And now it's uh, probably even amplified by that because of the the sorrow, <laughs> I guess we'll call it the sorrow that that is the Rockies franchise. GLP, what's up, Gage? I will see you at training camp, buddy. Um, yeah, it, that's interesting, Gary. I mean, everybody, the bandwagon has been set. Uh, the parade has been all but planned. It, it's just the expectation is immense now for the Denver Broncos. I mean, I'm not saying that hockey necessarily translates over to the NFL, nor does the NBA or things like that, but the expectations of a fan base does. And you'd be foolish to think that Broncos fans are not Avalanche fans and vice versa or Nuggets fans. And there are very few Rockies fans that are out there. But I mean, for the most part, you go to the ballpark, you enjoy the experience, the beautiful part of the sunset and the mile high city. And that's about it for the Rockies. But I would completely agree with GLP. I mean, this is this is exactly it. This is America's new darling. I think you're going to see the Broncos plastered all over. Good morning football, all the NFL network shows, the pregames, the postgames. Russell Wilson's a media darling, and that's good news for your Denver Broncos. Yeah, no, it's uh, it'll be fun. Hopefully, 
Uh, he lives up to the top five, top 10 billion this year. Um, but we're going to see you know, a lot of unknowns and we'll see. Uh, Aloha, Greg Smith coming in saying good evening, Broncos country. Great to see you, Greg. Also, yeah. Jeremy Bales in the house. Sup, guys. Good to see you. Um, we also had uh, Jay uh, Kozad coming in saying Drew dodged another bullet with Baker not coming to Seattle. <laughs> um, I mean, yeah, Jay. Yeah, it's to Love some extent. It. Um, I'm just really hoping that we get to see Baker Mayfield versus Russell Wilson uh, week one. So that'll be just give me all the narrative. That'll be way more fun. Oh, that would have been good. That would have been good for sure. I forgot that you were. Uh, yeah, you're going to be at that game. Um, yep. Man, that's going to be insane. Just like GLP, our guy. 500 stars, man. I, I can't thank you enough. Nick, Scott and I, everyone at MHH for your unwavering support across uh, the entire platform for all of our shows. Really appreciate you, man. Um yep it's just it's truly humbling to see people not only show interest in our passion but allow their own um i don't know their impact they want to leave a little bit of impact and that's a positive impact for us because it keeps the lights on gary i really appreciate it bro yeah thank you so much gary we also have lawrence rivera coming in saying what's up guys someone posted that for six years sierra's following is bigger than russell wilson's following couldn't believe it but it's true i believe it i mean guy you're talking about an international pop star versus a football player um pop star is typically going to get more uh more exposure more interest um the same thing with tom brady and giselle bunch so uh not not shocking with that uh, thing really I'm, i'm a little surprised i think yeah i'd be a little surprised just because i mean russ I wonder if that will be the case after the new contract. How about that? Maybe that's an interesting wrinkle in it um, because I'll be completely honest. And I don't know about you, Nick, but I have no idea what kind of money that, you know, singers make. I don't know. I'm sure she's, she's obviously qualified and obviously successful, but I don't know what Grammys get you or, you know, I'm sure all these different things, but you're right in the fact of she's monopolizing certain things. I mean, she's got, I'm sure fashion lines, makeup lines, beauty lines, and then a whole bunch of other stuff. I don't even know about. It's pretty cool to see a power couple in the house like this. So Larry, I'm right there with you, man. It's, it's odd because the Broncos were not being talked about with any good reason. And now every good reason under the sun, including the Broncos celebrity uh, wife. Yeah. Absolutely. Probably the second best power couple in football uh, behind Tom Brady and Giselle Bunch. Michael Ronquillo coming in here saying good evening, Broncos country. Good to see you, Michael. Um, he also says good evening to Scott here. And uh, let's start to get into our conversation here. So today it's obviously offseason. We can have a lot more abstract conversations, team building kind of conversations here. And uh, I thought today might be fun to kind of dig through the personnel groupings, positional groupings on the Broncos and kind of stack them from uh, worst to best. So I'm going to pull up a spreadsheet here to kind of just keep it going here. Um, but uh, we're going to try to parse it pretty pretty thoroughly here. So like offensive tackles, interior offensive linemen, running backs, tight ends, wide receiver, quarterback, how are, you, edge, linebacker, how are you wanting to do the grading system? Do we want to do like, you know, elementary A through F or do you want a numerical point system? How do you want to grade them? Uh, let's just give them the A through F. I think it's a little easier. Yeah. So uh, we can list. I think we're going to start off from uh, worst to best. Um, and uh, Luke, I'll let you kick it off here. Um, what do you think is the Broncos' uh, worst uh, positional group on the roster right now? Right now, I have to say pass rusher when I look at it. I, I get a bad feeling, and then I look at the paper, and I get an even worse feeling. You've got Randy Gregory, the $70 million man who uh, has got that rotator cuff surgery that he had just recently Broncos inked him big contract. We don't know when he's going to be available. He's walking around wherever he's at right now with a sling and uh, that wing in the sling does the Broncos no good for the pass rush. Not yeah. at all, especially when he was the big splash free agent who, you know, in the 11th hour decided to change his mind, go with George Payton and the Denver Broncos as a return as instead of returning to the Dallas Cowboys. But it's not just Randy Gregory. It's when you look at the pass rushers as a whole, Bradley Chubb, everyone knows I've got I've got some issues and concerns there, just like everyone else about the ankle injury that happened in 2021, the ACLs, the MCLs. We've been there. We've done that. He hasn't played an entire season since his 2018 rookie year. That is a huge issue. I want him to do well, but I'm not sure if it's just snake bitten or if it's bad luck. Then you go over and you look at Malik Reed, right? A seasoned veteran. Uh, but when we, you really look at him, he's kind of had an underwhelming career here for the Broncos. He had five sacks last season, but 
his career high for the Denver Broncos, Nick, is only eight sacks, and that was in 2020. I don't have a ton of expectations for Malik Reed, a guy that I really liked in Jonathan Cooper, um, still a rookie, two and a half sacks as a rook uh, as a rookie in 2021. I think he's still raw in that sense. He's had finger surgery, which does him no service either to the Denver Broncos. Uh, and then Baron Browning, our guy. Uh, talk about a rookie last year who did so well playing inside linebacker, having that green dot and communicating effectively on a defense that was not very good under Vic Fangio has been moved to the edge. I've got huge concerns with that. I think it's essentially another rookie year for him playing an entirely different position. Uh, you've seen him do this at Ohio State. I think it ultimately hurt his draft stock a little bit, but that conversion from inside linebacker, Man, that's going to be tough. It's not just going to be here comes Von Miller 2.0 or even Micah Parsons 2.0. So the pass rushers all together, Nick, have got my attention for all the wrong reasons. Yeah, uh, edge rushers, they'll be not making an appearance on my list just yet, but uh, definitely a position that it concerns me because it's probably the second most second most valuable positional group on the roster. Right, You got to be able to get after the quarterback with four. And uh, right now there's a lot of questions the Broncos uh, have there. I do like some of the, I think they have a very high ceiling. Actually, I mean, Randy Gregory, when he's on the field is great. Bradley Chubb, when healthy is a top 15 edge rusher. I think, I think uh, the combination of Benito Cooper and Browning is a pretty damn good uh, for depth. Uh, a lot of teams would kill for depth of that quality and athletic upside. So I'm not going to go with them. Instead, I'm going to go with a position that is one of my favorites uh, on the field, but one that uh, I just don't see a super high ceiling right now. And um, there's already been an injury that's kind of uh, hindered uh, one of the guys who I thought would be the starter here. That's the tight end position. Um, you really, I, I'm a fan of Tomlinson. I'm a fan of Dulcich. Excited to see what they can do this year. Both these guys have already been banged up some. Uh, questions of getting on the field with uh, the OTAs. And uh, Albert O'Quibb and I'm, is he, a wi- is he a wide receiver? Is he a big slot? Is he a tight end? Um, I'm not sure. So uh, the tight end position, I don't think it's the most valuable the most important to me but if we're looking just straight up at the position right now i think tight end is the overall weakest on the roster that's interesting to me uh a couple weeks ago carl and i were talking about maybe positions you could put on the trading block and i was curious what albert o would get a lot i think there's a lot of interest in albert o not only with the broncos but other teams curious as well i know a lot of fantasy football players who cares right are interested in albert o and what he could do this season and nick you've said over and over and you're right traditionally russell wilson has not utilized the tight ends to maximum capacity, George Kittle, if you will, Travis Kelsey, nothing like that. And you're exactly right. I think that he's going to eventually have to start taking what the defense gives him in such a pass rush heavy AFC West, and the Broncos won't be one of those teams. But you're right when it comes to just overall star power, knockout punch with the tight end positions, not really there. Um, Noah Fant, gone. So leaves a void, a natural void. Say what you want about Noah Fant, but – um, I think there's going to be a little bit of a dip between him and Albert O. I'm excited for Greg Dulcich as well. We could call Andrew Beck a fullback, but we all know you're going to see him in the tight end slot as well. Um, it, it's just tough. It's tough to get super pumped about the tight end positions without the exception of one or two guys. And I guess that's how it should be, right? You're never really yeah. pumped about the third tight end, but I would like to see a little more competition and maybe one of these guys like Tomlinson or Saubert, they'll pop again. Yeah. And just the Dulcich, you know, already being dinged up in OTAs where those are some probably a very important reps for him to get here uh, is a concern to me. So I give the tight end group a D. Um, you didn't give it edge a uh, position. Oh, yeah, I, I give. Yeah, I give the edge right now a C minus just because we don't. And I, I did not mention Nick Benito and apologies for that, but. I'm worried about Nick Benito, not because of his play, but because of George Payton's comments. And I consider George Payton an expert scout, as many people do and should. Uh, when he's saying, got to get in the weight room, got to get in the weight room. I'm sure Nick Benito has been in the weight room. But we've got to remember, just because he was the Denver Broncos first 2022 pick, he was a second round guy. Not every second round guy comes out and starts immediately. This could be a huge advantage for Nick Benito to take you know, a huge opportunity for Nick Benito to take advantage of just like Bradley Cooper did in 2018, Bradley Cooper, Bradley Chubb did in 2018. Um, I'd give him a C minus man. That's where I'm at. 
Yeah. Yeah, C- is uh, better than the D that I give the tight ends here. But uh, hopefully it'll be better. D for Dulcich. I'd love him to, you know, step up this season. But it's always hard for tight end and, you know, third round at that. Uh, injured already. It's just, I don't think it's a very good group. I don't think it it's going to kill this team that they're not great. Um, You're just but... mad that Noah Fant's gone, Nick. He's out here in Seattle. He hasn't hit me. He hasn't hit me up for a hike yet. I don't know. What's I going know on, but, uh, what's going on. I don't think he likes to go outside much from what I've heard. He likes those video games. So maybe we got to hit him up with a, with a user yeah. tag. Dale Fleming coming in with a good question here saying Micah Parsons did what did well playing both inside and outside for the Dallas Cowboys. So why couldn't Browning? Uh, there's no reason Browning couldn't. No, I'm not going to go there and just start hating on Baron Browning. It's a good question, Dale. But I, when you look at the overall grade and difference between Baron Browning and Micah Parsons, they're not in the same galaxy. No disrespect to Baron Browning. It's just, it is what it is. And I think to just assume there's going to be immediate success is really, really tough. I mean, these guys are playing the best players positionally pass rushers in the world, possibly in this league, the best in the division. So um, it's just, it's really, really tough to go out there and assume Baron Browning is going to have the same success in a different position. Yeah. I also think it's probably just getting him fully adapted for the scheme change and the positional change. Uh, and I don't think he's the same level athlete as a uh, Micah Parsons as well, even though he's a great athlete, Micah Parsons right. is a little different. Um, we have Greg coming in gauge gauge, God, my guy. Gage I'll in. see gauge at training camp, man. Gage is a super, super knowledgeable Broncos fan. Got to chop it up with him last year on the Hill at training camp. So, Come on by and say hello, man. This year is going to be insane with Russell Wilson. Everyone wants to get a glimpse at three. Yeah, absolutely. But it's talking about Tomlinson as a blocker. Excited to see what Tomlinson can do as a blocker in the run game. Uh, needs to get healthy, though. Um, and uh, only a one-year contract. You know, he's not a big investment. He's not really a massive uh, difference maker, which, again, you know, he's a niche player, which is fine. I'm really excited about his niche, like uh, you mentioned here at the run game. But definitely don't want to overstate uh, his impact. Also, sunny days in the house. Good to see you, sunny days. I also, think I got... like Sobert a little bit better in that uh, aspect. If I'm going to be honest, Gage, As he might blocker? not be in. He might, yeah, he might not naturally be a great blocker, but I'm telling you, I've seen him at training camp in the dog days of the Heat. This guy is a willing participant, and Greg Dulcich has got that lean frame. That guy needs to eat. They need to start feeding him if he's going to block or at least pretend to block for the Denver Broncos. But I like Eric Saubert. Uh, I've seen him block and do it well, at least in training camp. He needs to do it well in games if he's going to see any game time. But uh, you got to look at these guys and which guys are going to make a difference on special teams. Dwayne yeah. Stukes is not playing around. This is no joke. It, it's no longer going to be the laughing stock of the league, the Denver Broncos special teams. You want to make an impact. You want to earn playing time. It does truly start with Dwayne Stukes in the special teams unit. Maybe one of these tight ends flashes there. Yeah, no, yeah, we'll see. Um, uh, Michael coming in saying, uh, good to see you doing better, Nick. My sister got it. Yeah, it's no fun. Worst sore throat I ever had. Uh, sorry, Michael. Yeah, sorry to hear that. Hopefully she gets better soon. Um, but, uh, no fun. It's man, it's, it's going around. Um, so uh, continuing here, we got a lot of positional groups to go through just yet. Um, and I think the second weakest uh, positional group, um, we'll sneak it, I guess. So I, I just went tight end. The worst next one it. is, uh, the off ball stack linebacker position. In my opinion, I think they're going to be fine. I, but I just don't think that you have a lot of question marks there, not amazing depth with, uh, Baron Browning moving off the position as it seems right now. And I don't think you have a super high ceiling. The high ceiling guys that you have have some uh, question marks and uh, Jonas Griffith there. So uh, linebacker next week is spot. I'm giving them a, a C minus. I don't think it's the end of the world. If you're going to be weak at uh, any position on the defense, I think it's probably you'd rather have it be linebacker than anywhere else. Um, so, uh, but that's, that's how it falls for me. Muted. Luke, you're muted. Luke. Can't hear you, buddy. You've got to unmute if you want to do podcasting, guys. Um, <laughs> no, I had him at a C minus as well. It's funny that we're right there. Uh, I'll go C actually looking at it. I like the addition of Alex Singleton, special teams guy in Philly. Um, Jonas Griffith, okay, young, talented prospect, getting all the heat in training camp. And, you know, I Josie Jewell, there's a great piece about Josie Jewell at milehighhuddle.com written by our guy Keith. Uh, go check it out right now. It's, I think, one of our headlines. And it's an awesome, awesome article. I read it right before hopping on. Josie Jewell is an amazing, amazing teammate. He is a 
good football player, but I think if he was on any other team, he would be just another guy. Broncos country embraces their own, especially when they're drafted. And a guy like Josie Jewell embraces Broncos country. He's a blue collar, uh, bring your your lunch pail and your boots to work kind of guy. Everybody loves that about Josie Jewell. But I think at times the tangible abilities when it comes to athleticism, agility, being able to change direction quickly are going to catch up to Josie Jewell. He's only 27 years old, not old in NFL standards or life standards by any means, but he's not going to get any faster. If anything, he is going to get a step slower. And while he does have that exceptional knowledge and that, that, vision that no one else has on that defense right now in the linebacking unit i do worry about him long term especially wearing down towards the end of the season as he comes back from a pictorial injury on only playing in one game in 2021 i uh, uh joseph my biggest issue is his size um overall i'm never going to expect him to be a great coverage player but i wish he just had a little bit more length and mass on him um he has to beat guys to spot doesn't really play through uh blockers that much so yeah he's better there six two two thirty six i mean that's not quite the modern linebacker um you want a taller guy for sure try to see over those linemen a little bit but the way he carries his weight i like that he's very lean he's not sloppy he knows that he needs to try to get all the help he can get and that's by being lean and trim and uh I'm excited for Josie Jewell this season to see what he can do, but I just wish George Payton would have done a lot better or at least drafted some guys um, that I would have liked to see in Denver. And uh, it's tough. The inside linebackers, the outside linebackers, I mean, they're calling Justin Sternad inside linebacker. I just, man, I don't, I don't see it. Yeah. They really putting a lot of hope on uh, Jonas Griffith taking a big step forward this year or, uh, Alex Singleton giving the team a pretty high floor um, for that position as well. If Griffith doesn't work out, but uh, Josie Jules had injury issues as also. So it's a, I don't think the linebacker spot is great. Obviously we both give him, I think you gave him a C, I gave him a C minus. So it's not yep. ideal. Um, but uh, again, if there's any position on the defense where you can live with average, it's the, it's the linebacker spot. Um, so uh, let's say hello to some more people in here before we get going. I'll give Luke your next position here. Um, Travis yeah, Weber's man. in the house saying, hello, Luke, Nick, Scott, and Broncos country. Glad to see you're doing better, Nick. I am feeling much better. It's uh, it's great. Um, happy to do that. I even went backpacking this weekend. Um, Jay Kozad coming in saying they might surprise us, end up being good at inside linebacker. Yeah, I mean, we have That'd a full awesome. season. We have a full season to see what happens. You know, maybe Jonas Griffith clicks and he ends up being like a top five linebacker in football. Uh, you know, he's really crazy big and athletic. Maybe something happens there, but uh, we'll see. Uh, we got Seth Haswell coming in saying, love y- y'all, MHH. We love y'all, Seth Haswell. Hope you're doing well. Thank you for joining us today. Hope you had a good weekend. Um, so uh, let's keep it going here, Luke. You have uh, edges, the weakest position, then followed by linebacker. Um, what's your third weakest position on the Broncos roster? Well, real quick, speaking of linebacker, did Alexander Johnson, what's Alexander Johnson's deal? He's a free agent still. Um, I think he's probably waiting until somebody meets a certain level. And I think teams are probably waiting until mini camp to see if there's any injuries and something like that. Maybe that's another name you got to keep an eye on Um, coming back, maybe for cheap if his services aren't warranted elsewhere. Uh, Yeah. That inside outside linebacker is definitely an issue for me. Uh, But the center position, (laughs) we got to start at the center position. Really. When we start talking about the offensive line, I know, I know, right tackle, it's tough. The guard play has got to improve. Quinn Miners is the best thing ever. I get it. But the center position has got to be there. And and Lloyd Cushenberry, they trust, I think, right now. You know, they drafted Luke Wattenberg out of Wisconsin, or excuse me, Washington. And uh, I I don't see this kid right now coming in and challenging Lloyd Cushenberry. There's a reason Russell Wilson has been talking this guy up. I think they're going to give him his final shot, if you will. And if he doesn't get the job done, maybe you see a manipulation of the offensive line. What does that look like? Graham Glasgow, can he play it? Yes. Am I over the moon about his performance? Not at all. So I certainly don't see him as a solution, nor do I see Quinn Miners as a solution, although he did play center, at least taught himself center uh, in the final months up to the NFL draft. Uh, It's just, it's really, really a tough position, especially when you've got to see a guy like Creed Humphrey for Kansas City, who is just freaking amazing. It leaves a ton of question marks for Lloyd Cushenberry, who I'm going to be generous right now and give him a C minus. I want to go D, but I'm going to give him a C minus benefit of the doubt and having a genius quarterback 
maybe that helps Lloyd Cushenberry in ways we don't know about. Would that put uh, center worse than linebacker? Because he gave linebacker a C with uh, Cushenberry. Yes, yeah, I'll go center. Yeah, the center is worse than the linebacker. Absolutely. And Josie Jewell, you know he can play, and he can play well. Jonas Griffin, I'm, I'm even willing to go there with him. Uh, you, you know, Alex Singleton, okay. George Payton sees something in him. You could sell me on that. But Lloyd Cushenberry, here we go. Year three out of LSU. It, it's now or never. Yeah, uh, definitely. I'm uh, I'm going to lump together interior offensive linemen and uh, guards and centers together, but it's still going to be right there. Um, but first, let's say hello to Mark Knapp with the stars saying, uh, if you have cap space, why not pay uh, Chris Harris Jr.? He could start at outside or slot with injury and even more uh, uh, strong safety because he tackles. Uh, we all know Darby will be injured at some point. Um, mm. I think the issue is Chris Harris Jr., has looked really poor and also injured for the chargers recently. And with the cornerback position, given how much, you know, you're on an Island. Well, once you start to kind of dip there, typically you fall pretty hard, pretty quickly. Um, not many cornerbacks play to Chris Harris jr's age and are still playing at an elite level. Now, if the Broncos have injuries at the cornerback position, maybe you're talking about it, but I think right now, Kwan Williams there at, uh, that nickel spot and, um, uh, you know, Ojemudia, Damari Mathis. We want to see those guys out there first before they're dishing out uh, those type of contracts. The only position I can see right now, the Broncos maybe pay somebody before we see um, what these guys look like in mini camp slash potential injuries is uh, the interior defensive line. Cause it seems like there's a big hole at the opposite uh, four eye spot, the Draymond Jones, but uh, we'll see um, right now. I think probably just kind of wait and see at uh, signing free agents off the, off the street. Yeah, I completely agree, man. It's it's tough, uh, but the cornerback position, and we'll get to it in a little bit, I have ranked up there is doing pretty well for the Denver Broncos today. A pleasant surprise, just like a pleasant surprise from our guy Jason. What's up, Jason? Appreciate the support. $5 super. Three more weeks, Jason, with the countdown until training camp. Keep up the great work, Luke, Nick, and Scott. Appreciate you, Jason. I will see you and your family out at training camp, and we will rock. Speaking of rocking, Jacob Foster rocking with us, MHI, Nick Kendall, Scott Kennedy, Luke Patterson. Thank you so much for all of the support, Jacob. Uh, hopefully everybody had a decent, safe, and happy 4th of July weekend. Monday yeah. we will extend that weekend a little bit. Hopefully your week is shortened a little. And uh, Phil McLaughlin coming in. Good evening, Nick, Luke, and Scott. I'm grading the D as a B. I look to improve from third and red zone defense. Hashtag let's ride. Hashtag MHH for life. Phil, I love you. You're always the eternal optimist. Um, it's just tough, man. I get it. The Russell Wilson effect is real, but there are still a few cracks in the armor that we got to look at, in my opinion. I hope you're right, Phil, because that would be amazing. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies push boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They push girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Yeah, I hope so as well. Um, we'll definitely see. So uh, I'm going to move on here uh, real quick. Thank you so much for the support, Phil. We appreciate you. He also says uh, Sierra is much prettier than Russell Wilson. Good for him. Um, can't yeah, really how that that's, works. I mean, and Russell's like, he does it. The thing that drives me crazy about Russ right now isn't how corny is. It's when he does that greasy thing with his hair. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? That like yeah. little, it looks like he got a swirly. 
when he when he's doing that. I don't like that. I like yeah. Oh, and speaking of quarterbacks with the new look, what did you think of the Aaron Rodgers tattoo? I don't even know what to think. I felt like I was on mushrooms even looking at it or something. I'm, so, uh, well, it's funny you say that because I was looking at it, trying to decipher what it meant, and then got a headache even thinking about it. And I'm like, oh, he's going to be on Pat McAfee probably tomorrow or in the next week explaining the journey that he went on to get this tattoo. But a weird day in the NFL. Baker getting moved. Aaron getting some ink. I don't know. Yeah. It reminds me of a... Was it Blades of Glory? It's like, oh, what does your tattoo mean, Aaron? He's like, ah, nobody knows what it means, but it's provocative. Like, oh, well, you got me there, Aaron. Chaz um, Michael Michaels, man. He's a he's a national treasure. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. No, I, I hear you about the Chris Harris Jr. thing. He's, he reserves a, a special place in history, Broncos country, but time does not favor cornerbacks or defensive backs very much. Nick, let's hear what would this be? Uh, you're another level of concern uh, for, for players for the Denver Broncos before we get all optimistic and energetic. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so uh, moving on here, cause we still got a lot to grade, um, but uh, the interior offensive line for me, I'm going to lump the center and the guards together. I'm going to give them a straight up C um, Lloyd Cushenberry is probably bringing them down a bit. I'd probably, if I was doing just the centers, honestly, it'd be right there with tight end, uh, probably giving it a D minus or a D plus area. But uh we have a lot of question marks at the guard position. You have a lot of bodies, but I don't think anybody who is really a plus player yet. Quinn Miners flashed last year, but he was inconsistent in his pass protection. Tane Moody really struggled in pass protection. With scheme question marks going forward. And Dalton Reisner seems to have plateaued almost out of the gate after year one. So um, the interior offensive line overall, I think they are, they have a high floor because there's a lot of options there, but I don't see them having a very high ceiling unless Quinn Miners uh, takes some big steps forward or something clicks uh, with Natani Moody. So um, those are the ones right now. I'm going to give them a solid C for the interior offensive line. You're going to piss off Mama Moody, who listens to MHH, Nick, and I'm not going to help you. But, no, you're exactly right, man. I mean, the guard play has got to be better. You lumped that in with Kush, too, and I get that Dalton Reisner is a Colorado and Broncos hero. But, again, remove yourself from that just a second. Take away the narrative and take away the emotion and look at just the productivity, look at just the film. He's also battled some injury history, valiantly so. Um, I think cer at certain times playing when he probably shouldn't have, but I wonder if he felt the heat a little bit from some guys behind him just waiting to get in games like Natani Moody, uh, Graham Glasgow, if he's healthy. That's been a problem with injuries, but the offensive guards have got to play better. I, I remember when Graham Glasgow was signed, we thought – at least I thought, man, okay, here we go. The things are going to start changing around with Dalton Reisner. We'll piece this thing together. And here we are still kind of wondering. Uh, I am very optimistic about Quinn Miners. I know he dropped about five or 10 pounds over the off season is looking a little lighter and trimmer. And I'm excited to see what he looks like as a second year NFL player. Uh, because if you look at it from the senior bowl to his rookie season, everything has just been going up. At a certain point, that will plateau, as you said, Dalton Reisner did, and you got to wonder what that looks like or how does a guy react. So interior offensive line is a huge concern. Offensive line in general is a concern for the Denver Broncos. Yep, absolutely. And uh, right on cue, um, I went interior offensive line there with a C. Next up, offensive tackle with a C+. Plus. I think Gar Garrett Bowles is a fine player. If we were just grading him, I'd probably give him a straight-up B+, plus, but too many question marks at the other uh, tackle positions. Billy Turner. Um, happy about the signing, especially for what they paid him, but injury questions and, you know, not the highest ceiling in the world. Tom Compton, uh, you know, really good run blocker, but pass protection is a question. And Calvin Anderson, um, I thought he's looked much better at left tackle than right tackle. Um, yeah. and, uh, he's also had uh, injury, um, this off season that he's been dealing with. So I give the offensive tackle a straight up C plus and for keeping, uh, track at home, that makes the offensive line a little bit of a, a big question mark, uh, this season, giving them a C and C plus, I think they have a high, uh, high floor but I don't know if they have the highest ceiling in the world. So they might cap the offensive production and ability this season. I go B minus there and I'll bring up Garrett Bowles. I think Garrett Bowles is going to have a regression this year. And I think that's going to be natural, not only because of, well, two things, the pass rushers have improved dramatically in the AFC West and Garrett's going to see that this season Two, Russell Wilson loves to hang on to the ball, which yeah, means does. Garrett Bowles is going to, probably love to hang on to some guys a little bit. That's just the nature of that position. It's going to be hard to blame him at times because he doesn't want Russ getting touched. I love that about him. I respect his attitude of I'm competing for my job as well, but 
how could you not hold as a as a tackle for Russell Wilson at a certain point? I mean, you've got to learn when to let go and just let Russ do his thing and hope that everything ends up well. Uh, but yeah, the right tackle's a, a revolving door. Now that the Broncos have the quarterback position figured out, maybe Russell Wilson could scout a right tackle for us that Denver could find long-term. But the left tackle position as well, Garrett Bowles, he's had some some injury issues here and there, but he's pretty consistent outside of Garrett Bowles. I mean, let's say Garrett Bowles goes down and Calvin Anderson has spent the entire offseason as the swing tackle, but fighting for a right tackle position. Uh, then he's got to immediately switch back to left tackle. Otherwise, you're looking at, what, some journeyman guys, maybe a guard that can go over to, to tackle. I don't even know really who your other options at offensive tackle would be for left tackle other than Garrett Bowles and swing swing tackle Calvin Anderson. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's a big question marks, and you got the uh, B- minus there for the offensive tackles. Uh, Luke, you're back on the clock here um, with your next position. Um, I we still have on, according to my list here, you haven't said cornerback. You haven't said the interior defensive line, safety, quarterback, wide receiver, running back. This is for best tight end. Um, You're still, we're still working worst to best. So okay. Worst to best. Way. All right. Uh, I'm going to go running back position right now. I, I would have liked to see a little bit more change for the running backs. I Melvin Gordon. I, I just don't see it. Um, I, I've talked about it at length. I think he's a nice addition for fantasy football and stuff like that, but I don't think he brings anything to the locker room. I don't think he brings anything to the Broncos that is dynamic or something that they can't live without with Javante Williams. But I like the future prospect of Mike Boone a lot, but I, I kind of think maybe you should take a shot at another running back each year in the draft and maybe see what you can do, especially if they're young, if they're talented. They do have Damari A. Crockett from Missouri out there heading into his second or third year now. Uh, but I, I would have liked to see a little bit of change. I really would have. Um, I think Melvin Gordon is here for one reason, and that's because Russell Wilson wants him here. I think that a new room altogether would have been a little bit better if that meant Mike Boone needed to go somewhere else. Okay. But uh, Javante's the bull. Melvin said it himself, but I just, I would have liked to see some new faces in that room. So yeah. overall I'm going to go B for the running backs. I'm going to just give them a solid B. I'm going to bitch about them a little bit, um, but I think it's a decent grade. I really do B minus if you want to get there, but Javante's carrying that group. That's why I have him graded so high. That's why I kind of have him middle of the pack. I'm wishy-washy, but when you've got Javante Williams is one of the top five running backs, I would argue in the NFL right now, he's going to carry that team room as a whole. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh. We're going to have a different opinion on the running back room, but that's fun. That's uh, That'll make a, a good conversation here. Um, I'm up now. I'm going to go with the edge rushers, giving them a solid B- minus here. I uh, talked about them a little bit earlier. I think this group is probably as variant as any on the team right now, given how much you are relying on Bradley Chubb and Randy Gregory, who are two guys who have not been able to stay on the field. Uh, Randy Gregory already, you know, wrist stuff. Bradley Chubb, you mentioned earlier, hasn't played a full season since 2018. Uh, I do think that Chubb is obviously playing for money, <laughs> big time money now. So he's, I think he's going to have a big season. Also, the Broncos offense uh, should be set up where he's going to have a better situation this year to actually pin his ears back in the fourth quarter with those uh, better pass rush situations. So edge, I'm going to give a B minus um, the overall this, this season. I don't think it's the best group in the world. It's one that still uh, has some question marks because we need to see what Browning and uh, Benito do this off season in their reserve roles. Um, but I don't think it's the, uh, the worst group at all either. So solid B minus uh, for the edge rushing group. Just curious, where would you rank the Broncos edge slash pass rushers in the AFC West? Third. Okay. Who's fourth? The Chiefs. All right. Yeah. Okay. I don't that, think they have great edge rushers. I love Chris Jones probably more than almost any non-Chiefs fan out there. I do, I do too. Uh, but uh, the edge rushers for them don't do much for me. Frank Clark, I think, is massively overrated. Um, the other edge rushers haven't been very good for them. They might bring in like somebody, uh, a veteran like a Melvin Ingram or something that can help them more at the end. But uh, right now it's Chris Jones and a bunch of question marks for me. So Broncos, I think, are pretty easily uh, third there. I would take uh, Joey Bosa and Cleo Mack over what Denver has right now. And uh, probably the Raiders are number one, even though they have questions on the interior defensive line. Uh, Crosby and Chandler Jones are pretty damn good. I'm excited to see Garrett Bowles against that George Carl Carlaftis or yep, whatever out of, out of Purdue who was talking all that bad noise about getting after the little guy or little yep. man, something Russell Wilson. I thought that was interesting. Um, 
yeah, it's Frank Clark. I've never bought into that guy. He's a terrible human being, too, by yeah. the way. So I'm never have any uh love lost there. Dylan went in here, ask the Titans how they feel about only having Derrick Henry. And it's funny you mentioned that, Dylan, because I actually pick the Titans as like a hopeful trade partner for Melvin Gordon like every single year. I know I was yeah. hoping that like everybody else last not everybody else, but like some fans last year were wondering, hey, I wonder wonder if they've called. I have no idea if they've called. Um, it would have been interesting to see that because I think he could have had success with the Titans in that role, but there's only one King Henry. It's weird how Tennessee's still trying to figure that out. They can only ride that running back for so long before all those miles on the on the tires start to wear off, Nick. Um, it, it's just that running back position, like Age is saying, I would draft a bunch. You can never have too many assets. I completely agree. It's a turnover full position. Yep, absolutely. Um, so uh, on my next position here, I'm going to give for the Broncos, uh, moving it on here. And we got Bron- Facebook users saying Broncos first. Got to be Ernie Mays. Hello, Ernie Mays. Also, Benjamin Flores in the house. Good to see you, Benjamin Flores. Um, we appreciate you. So the next position I have here for the Broncos, I'm going to go with safety. I love Justin Simmons. He's a great player, but I think Kareem Jackson's play is uh, starting to fall off a little bit, given his age. He's still a good player and a good hitter. Um, but, uh, safety, I think is, you know, I'm going to give a B they're a good position. Um, but Caden Stearns, very good last year, but a small sample size injured this season. PJ Locke has gotten a lot of play in uh, OTAs, but want to see him actually there on the field. I thought he was great in preseason last year. Then we didn't see him. And, uh, Jamar Johnson dealt with the sick bug last year and never really got on the field after that. So safety's fine. I give him a solid B. Um, but uh, there's other position groups that I think are stronger than them. You're forgetting Turner yell, man. The guy. Yep. I keep forgetting him too. (laughs) Um, yeah, round pick. I mean, that's right with good. Pick. Yeah. And I'm being facetious, obviously, yeah. but no, I, I think that's fair. Um, I completely agree about cream Jackson. I, I think he's a little long in the tooth. I would have been okay moving on from him as well. But I think when you're trying to make this immediate run and he is such yep. the opposite of Melvin Gordon in terms of a team leader, a guy that is, um, he's not feared. He doesn't rule with fear or anything like that, but guys love K-Jack, K-Jack TV, anything K-Jack guys love and they're definitely buying his kool-aid i just want him to play responsibly this year i think at times last year the film showed that he played out of position a lot of times and i think justin simmons is such an outstanding gentleman that he would never um throw anybody under the bus or anything like that but that at times leaves justin out of position and look at that baltimore ravens game for proof of that i i just those memories are burnt in uh, with Mark Andrews, that tight end, that damn tight end for, for Baltimore. But I think that's fair. The safety position should be you need up and comers. PJ Locke, um, I'm excited to see it out of Texas. He's got some nice potential, had a good OTA slash mini camp, but time will tell. Um, going from the running backs for me, let's see here. Where are we at? Uh, let's go quarterbacks right now. I'm going to obviously with Russell Wilson, he is an A plus all by himself. But I can't figure out Brett Rippon before I get to Josh Johnson. I can't figure Brett Rippon out. I, I Are they just hanging on to him and paying him, hoping that he'll be a coach one day? If so, why not just do that now and have him start working with young Kubiak? Um, I love Brett, but at the same time, I don't think he's a quality backup quarterback. We love his story. But again, remove the narrative, remove the emotion. He leaves a lot to be desired, especially with that arm strength. He puts way too much air under the ball because he can't zip it. He doesn't quite have that flair. What does he have? He has the mind. He has the X's and O's. Josh Johnson, uh, talk about a, a weird acquisition. I don't think that anybody saw coming. I didn't even know Josh Johnson was still actively trying to play professional football nor, you know, or anything about this guy. Talk about journeyman quarterback. Uh, this guy definitely gives Ryan Fitzmagic a little bit of a run for his money, probably coming in at number two for the journeyman. Um, I just wonder, God forbid, Russ goes down or something like that. Is this team truly willing to go Josh Johnson and go full steam ahead? So I give the quarterback's room as a whole a B. Uh, I would give him an A+, plus, but backup quarterback is huge in this league, and I don't know if Denver has one. Yeah, absolutely. So what, what was the grade you gave him? A B. B, solid B. All right. Well, um, so you're on the clock again. I, I'll i give him – I'm, I'm going to give him a little higher, but I will say for the quarterback position, I'm greatly 
weighting the starter <laughs> compared to the backups based on snap uh, distribution. But uh, a B for the quarterback, uh, you still have, uh, I haven't seen you mention the uh, safety position yet, cornerback, wide receiver. Um, I haven't mentioned the interior. Yeah, I was going either. was going in tandem a little bit with your safety positions and stuff like that, just so we're not rehashing the same players yeah. we've already talked about. But um, yeah, let's talk about cornerbacks a little bit. I like the corners for the Denver Broncos a lot, but that doesn't mean they're without flaw. We talked about Pat Sertan and Kwan Williams being great players. Ronald Darby, the injury history that uh, our friends brought up earlier in the chat. Mm-hmm. I get it. Michael Ojemudia, he has turned some heads in OTAs in minicamp. That's awesome. Let's see if it can translate. You and I are both fans of Michael Ojemudia and his potential, but uh, it's a dirty, dirty word in the NFL. Damari Mathis, I'm very curious about. Uh, very curious about doing some poking around him and poking around on him. And uh, there's a lot of good things coming out of the Broncos about this young man right now, but it's a lot of inexperience when you really look at it and put it on paper. Uh, Pat Sertan shatters the mold. I get it. Comes into the league, plays it what I consider to be close to, or as pro bowl, a level as a rookie can really play. Um, but when you look at the rest of the corners, it's a deep room. Yes. But what, what's the quality of the depth? I give them a B minus right now uh, just because I think you've got a lot of unproven talent. And Ronald Darby, can Williams be the guy that we want him to be? Maybe, but Pastor Tan's obviously the gem of that group. So you got the C cornerback at a B minus. That would put them behind the uh, running back and the quarterback as well. Yeah, we'll put them at the same. Uh, we'll put them at the same B minus because I mean I think the the room is both led by the top dog, and that's Javante yeah. and and then Pastor Tan, and then there's everybody else, and those are two year players. So I I think that's about right. Yep. And uh, just because we're already starting to run out of time here, I'm going to go uh, some rapid fire here on this one. Um, so you gave the cornerback a B minus. I should have listed this one before the safety. So I gave the safety a, a B. Interior defensive line, I'm going to give a B minus. I'm a big Draymond Jones fan. I'm excited to see what DJ Jones can do in this defense. I like a lot of the depth that they have. Um, Awuzarika, I'm excited to see what he can do this year. Deshaun Williams is interesting. McTelvin Ajim, you know, make or break season for him here. Uh, Mike Purcell still here, a pretty good uh, two gapping zero one technique. So I'm going to give them a B minus um, over for the interior defensive line. Greatly uh, being led by DJ Jones and Draymond Jones um, for that group for me. And a cornerback, I'm going to give them a B plus. I really like the depth. I'm excited to see what Ojemudia can do this year. I think Darby is extremely uh, underrated. Probably one of the better number two cornerbacks in football. Uh, win healthy, knock on wood on that one. And I think Patrick Sertan is an emerging superstar. Um, so uh, that leaves for me um, what I'm writing here, three position groups left that I haven't ranked uh, quarterback wide receiver and running back. Yeah, man. Uh, D line real quick before we get to yours. Uh, I got some issues. I don't know that Mike Purcell is going to be on the team. If I'm going to be completely mm-hmm. honest, Jonathan Harris, I don't see it. My guy early McTelvin Najim. I don't know that he's done enough to for sure have a job uh, for the Denver Broncos. I am excited about the rookie talent. I'm going to give it a shot here. Awuzurike. Uh, I've been practicing in my spare time, Nick. <laughs> and then uh, Deshaun Williams. Okay. But like you said, DJ Jones, he's leading the party. Draymond Jones. I get people love this guy or like this guy, but I don't get the love. I mean, I, we've loved him for how many years now? And it's just we're waiting for him to completely arrive. Maybe this is that year. I think he definitely put together some rock star performances last year, and I wrote about it in tons of my takeaways. I mean, that stretch of what he did in that terrible, crappy, if you want to clean it up for podcasting, defense that Vic Fangio led was very special. But can we see it consistently? I don't know. Yeah, I – Definitely a question mark there. Um, I'm a big Draymond Jones guy. I'm excited to see what he can do this year. Um, again, it's the same thing. He has better edge rush talent around him. Should have better uh, pass rush situations. I think he's going to go crazy this year. He's going to get do a you... big contract. Ooh, okay. You think maybe he gets signed early in the season, like on a team-friendly deal? I think he's going to balk at that. I think he's going to want to test the market. Good. Malik Jackson, do it and see what happens. Go to the Jaguars and see what happens. Um, I mean, get that money. You only had this might be you get that money. Yeah, no, to be sure. Do you think DJ Jones, one thing DJ talked about during his press conferences and training and not train camp, but OTAs and whatnot, were wanting to improve as a pass rusher. I think he's a he raises hell in, in the trenches, and I could definitely see him adding pass rush to his game. I. Definitely, I'm curious if he has enough. 
he's really good at displacing blockers in the run game and occupying space. But I do wonder if he has the closing burst and the length um, to really, you know, trip up quarterbacks as they try to escape the pocket. Um, So it's just the wingspan um, to take up more space there and get a hand on a guy. Uh, It's not really DJ Jones's game, Um, but he should. I think he's going to have a little bit better opportunity this year. He is going to play for a worse defensive line, though. Less defensive line talent than he has had. I mean, before he had uh, DeForest Buckner around him, Eric Armstead, uh, Nick Bosa, obviously one of the better young pass rushers in football. Uh, So it will be interesting to see, but really he just has to come in here and occupy blockers and uh, make sure that on first and second down that the Broncos aren't, you know, getting themselves into like third and one consistently. If he's doing that, that's his job. But getting some more sacks, that's just, you know, fun for the party. Um, So hopefully that can happen here. Um, but the last positions for me, um, I'm just going to write grade them here. Uh, quick hitters here. And I think it's funny because we're going to d- greatly disagree on one of them, but I'm going to give the quarterback a B plus. That's mainly mm-hmm. a Russell Wilson grade um, without, you know, great depth, but I don't really care too much. Josh Johnson, Brett Reppin, if we see those guys seasons in trouble um, as it is. So a uh, quarterback kind of give a B plus wide receiver, a minus a lot of talent. There a lot of depth, a lot of different options as well. Excited about Cortland Sutton this year. Tim Patrick, really underrated player overall. People are, I think already maybe starting to discount Jerry Judy and uh, he's still extremely talented. So I'm excited to see what he can do. Did you see the graphic um, they put out where it was uh, the most covered versus like least covered uh, passing options in a football game. And the Seahawks last year were like the most covered. Uh, Russell Wilson had the most plays where there were no receivers that got open. And the Broncos had one of like the best five, as far as receivers getting open. I think Mm. a lot of that is because of Jerry Judy getting open, which he does. They just uh, a lot of, I think he had the highest rate of uncatchable targets last season. So um, I'm excited to see that KJ Hamler, hopefully being healthy uh, wide receiver. I'm getting an a minus. And finally running back. I'm going to give him an a, I think this running back room is uh, one of the best in the NFL. I think Melvin Gordon's a very, very good running back. And Javante Williams is an emerging, you know, top uh, eight, top seven running back in the league. You put those two guys together. I don't know if there's many teams that uh, can stack up uh, one, two punch like the Broncos have. So I'm going to give the running back room an a, I think everybody loves to gawk all over the tandem of Javante Williams and Melvin Gordon, but when you really look at it, the Broncos didn't love love it. They didn't have to have it. Otherwise, they wouldn't have let Melvin Gordon test free agency. Um, I just I think you're either someone that brings energy into the room or you take it away. And I think at times Melvin Gordon does both things, and that's a problem. Uh, I, I love him when he's doing the right thing. I can't stand him when he's doing the wrong thing. That's why I care because he's clearly talented. I mean, Nick, I love tall running backs. I do. I I just I got a thing for it. I, I love running backs, as you know, linebackers, everything else. I want Melvin Gordon to come out here and prove me wrong. Show me a maturity. Show me a different level of, of your new role because right now everyone has a new role on this team. This is Russell's team. This isn't about who's starting, who's doing what. It's about winning championships. And either you want to get on the bandwagon or get off. It doesn't matter what your role is on this team. The goal is to win. I think Melvin already does know that about Russell Wilson, so I'm excited to see if he can respond in a really good way. But speaking of responding, I think Broncos country has responded to us getting the band back together for MHI. Guys, you can catch MHI every Wednesday night at 6 p.m. Mountain. That's just a day after Nick is doing his Tuesday show of building the Broncos with Carl, 6 p.m. Mountain. And then you could catch Nick and Scott on Broncos for breakfast in the morning. Uh, Awesome show. You see a lot of I tuned in the other day and it's cool to see how many different folks from all over the world are tuning in because it's a different time in their zone, but it allows Broncos country, not only the opportunity to tune in in the morning, but potentially in their night. I know we like these, these podcasts and you can get them wherever on Spotify or iTunes, but Nick, it's cool to see another audience in Broncos country truly being all over the world. Yeah, I know. It's really great to see everybody. It's great to see everybody, uh, you know, come, contributing to the chat as well in the community. Obviously it's the off season right now, but things are going to be really popping uh, once the season kicks off here. So Luke, we're still waiting for a few more positions from you here. Uh, hold me, hold me to it, huh? All I'm right. Safety, yeah. s- safety. Let's go. Yeah. Let's, safety. Let's go see, I guess. Um, just cause I talked about it a little bit earlier, cream Jackson, a little old, a little long in the tooth. I wonder if he's going to be destructive in, in friendly fire, blue on blue, as the military would say, I don't know. Uh, I love the leadership, but outside of that, Caden Stearns, I'm not so sure he's ready. He got exposed at times last year. 
Uh, we'll have to see. Wide receivers, I give them an A, solid. I, I co-sign everything you said. Loads of talent, loads of potential. They already have two alpha dogs and Tim Patrick and Cortland Sutton. And then they've got a couple of guys, I think, that are natural uh just normal average Joes in terms of their personality. They don't need to be alpha dogs. I don't think KJ Hamler has a little man disease or anything like that. I think he's just an energetic personality. Um, and if you can't dig that, that's okay. Different, different uh, personalities and qualities for everybody, I suppose. But I like this wide receiver core a lot. So there's wide receivers and safeties. We're not doing returners, are we? No, no, no. I'm not going to hold you to that one. I'm All still right. waiting for a wide receiver. Wide receiver A. Wide receiver A, and I uh, didn't get a uh, tight end as well. Yeah, my tight ends. Okay, that's that's tricky. I'll give my tight ends a C right now because I would be curious to move on from Albert O. I really would, just because I think that uh, if you could get something for him that's that's worth something, uh, like let's say a third rounder, a premium pick, that would be amazing. Keeping that in mind, Baker Mayfield went for a fifth today. So <laughs> I'm not sure that you could get that value that I want from Alberto, uh, but he's unproven as well. I'm not so sure why why Tomlinson's here. Uh, Sobert, I like, I don't love, just serviceable guys. I think the tight end position the Broncos have been trying to hit on for years and just quite haven't found that franchise guy for whatever reason. Noah Fant leaves a natural hole. But I think George Payton has done a decent job of of trying to put his finger in that hole, and, and that was horrible, and and try to stop the water from flooding out. And see, uh, uh, see for those cats. Yeah. Okay. And I think that's it. Um. So um. Great, man. Um. Let's fill in here before we get on out. Uh, let's face it, this team has shown talent for years, but it doesn't matter if the coaching doesn't take advantage and use the guys properly. If I can grade the coaching staff an A or B even, then we got a chance. So, uh, yep, coaching staff's going to be big. Big one for me, though. You got a quarterback, you have a chance. And the Broncos have a quarterback, so now they have a chance. So it'll be fun this year. Um, we appreciate <laughs> everyone coming in here. Greg and- caught me. That was horrible. I, I, You know, that was horrible. I can't believe I said it. When I was saying, you know, George Payton's trying to clog the the – I didn't want to say – you know, something else, but it, it's just one of those things, man, where I'm, where I'm talking, I'm seeing like a little boat and it's taken on water and, you know, like the cartoon where they just, this isn't getting any better. Thank you guys so much for joining MHI. He is Nick Kendall guys. Be sure to get at Nick Kendall on uh, Twitter at Nick Kendall, MHH Scott at scout Kennedy. Yours truly at Luke Patterson, LP Greg. Thanks for uh, embarrassing me and keeping it honest as ever. Michael, our guy. I know I can expect a, a lovely tweet from you after the show. Your kindness is truly humbling and makes me want to be a better man. Uh, Karen, what's up? saying i was busy cooking so no time to chime in but great show as always guys uh give or take i am right there with you karen thank you for joining us guys and if you ever miss any of the show or you just can't miss it or make it live don't worry you can catch it on spotify itunes youtube facebook wherever you get your podcasts or any of your mhh needs be sure to head on over to the mothership at mile high huddle on twitter milehighhuddle.com uh one thing that's really really cool to see you guys rock is our swag grab yourself a t-shirt grab yourself a hat huddleuppod.com get your swag on remember if you're joining us via facebook that's facebook.com forward slash mile high huddle pod leave us a review let us know how we're doing we take those very seriously we get those emails all the time um and and that's one thing that's really cool we want to improve be sure to subscribe like and share wherever you're getting this podcast and yeah nick welcome back man what a great show i'm super pumped to chalk it up again with you next week on wednesday night 6 p.m mountain and uh let's hope the broncos aren't in the headlines between now and then because if they are it's for the wrong reasons <laughs> yeah 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 let's hopefully <laughs> not the case there other only good vibes man good vibes and uh, staying out of trouble thank you highest arrest record since 2000 yes ex- exactly um <laughs> man uh Hopefully it'll get a little better there with uh, Russell Wilson coming to town, but we'll see. Um, just like the shows will be getting better now that Russell Wilson's here. We're going to have a lot more fun this season, and we appreciate you guys tuning in. Everyone stay safe. Choose kindness, choose compassion. Make sure you're finding us on Twitter. Luke is at Luke Patterson. LP, I'm at Nick Kendall, MHH. Also follow Scott at Scout Scout Kennedy. We'll be live tomorrow morning for uh, Broncos for Breakfast. Until then, you guys have a great one. Go Broncos. You've been listening to the Huddle Up Podcast. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com to keep the conversation going.
Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary, void, or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. 